Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Recording in progress. Yes. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, Steve. Welcome, everybody, to the Trying to Be Better podcast. My name is Joel. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast. I feel like that's really coming together. Really coming together. That's our tagline. That's as podcasty (laughs) as you're going to get today, folks. That's right. How you doing, buddy? I'm groggy. I'm so tired. (laughs) You were out rocking and rolling all night. I was out rocking and rolling all night. How'd it go? How was the show? all day. The show was great, man. We actually had there's a bunch of people came out and uh um yeah, the uh Steer Creek band came out, which is pretty awesome. They were the group that I was practicing with before I got asked to join Exile. Oh, right on. Yeah, and they came out and stuck around. It was cool. It was nice to see those guys. They're cool people and they got another guitar player and I think he's uh I talked with him briefly and I think he's probably ultimately more what they were looking for so right this was the kind of kind of country outfit yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah no it was uh um couple some of our you know we actually kind of have a regular crowd now it's been showing up for a few gigs and so yeah it was a good good time you have fans we have fans yeah which is nice yeah it's fun to the keg's kind of a hard room because it's it's a big room Mm mm-hmm and so if there aren't a ton of people there, then it feels like you're playing to a barn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where, you know, there's some people kind of aware that there's a band playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not great. But yeah, it was fun. It's a good time. And, nice. uh, you know, I got solid three hours and 45 minutes of sleep <laughs> and then woke up at the same time I always do and got up and kind of putzed around and then. I was actually watching Formula One race and started to nod off. And so I'm like, I'm going back to bed. So I did. Good for you. Yeah, rest is rest is radical, man. Rest is radical. Yeah, it's okay to rest. It's, it's okay, okay to, to slow rest. down. It's okay to slow down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I uh I was chuckling because as you can see, I haven't showered. I, haven't... <laughs> I, I mean I don't know. I don't know for the zoom. Like whether or not you've showered, I definitely look like I haven't showered. Well, see, I feel see that's funny. See, there's perception for you. Yeah, because if you can't, like, if you're not looking at me thinking, Jesus, what happened to Steve? <laughs> I can hear, I can hear it in your voice a little bit. Sure, you know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of a, it's kind of a Monday morning or a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know what I've discovered is mm. that when I sing uh, the high harmonies and the rock and roll, I'm really abusing my vocal cords. Yeah, I'm a natural like tenor or baritone and singing high harmonies and Phil Les just entered the chat. <laughs> I was going to say, though, you can't really do the 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 Stones vocals an octave down, really. Can no, you? you can't. Well, I mean, I sing high harmonies just kind of by that's just how it kind of comes out. You know, we've never mm-hmm. actually rehearsed vocal parts and sometimes mm-hmm. it shows. Um you know that video of uh, uh, I think it's in the Long Strange Trip documentary where the dead are rehearsing Candyman. Oh yeah, and they're I love actually that part. 
they're actually practicing singing three part harmony, you know, mm-hmm. and working mm-hmm. out the the parts. Yeah, we've never. I done just that. I recall Jerry and Phil getting really frustrated with Bob. Well, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, dude, this is the part you sing, right? He's like, maybe. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see pathologically anti-authoritarian <laughs> even with his own bandmates <laughs> which i respect so yeah yeah, yeah. So the show was good it had a good house good good yeah good crew. It was a lot of fun good times That's awesome man had by all yeah i uh yeah. i missed the show because kirsten and i went to yet another touring broadway musical last night what did you see we saw the uh alanis morissette's jagged little pill okay it, how was that that was fan. It was fantastic. Do you have to? Because my mom went to it. And we haven't debriefed on it yet. I would be interested to hear your mom's take. Uh huh. Because she didn't I know mean, anything about Alanis Morissette. Nothing. Uh, there's no reason why she should. You know. I I can recall the album being really you know popular. I, I liked it, but I know like my brother's girlfriend back in the '90s really loved it, and I always associate that album with her. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was cool. Uh, th- that music is great, but I was very curious. Like, I'm like, how are they going to tie this into a story for two hours? Right. And it basically became sort of a modern family drama through the album. And they touched so it had on a, it. had a, a plot through line. Yeah, it did. It was like, you know, this family that's disjointed and mom and dad are having issues and, <clears throat> You know, so addiction comes up, sexual assault comes up. Um, wow. Feel good hit of the summer. Yeah, there was, it was a lot. But then, so it's like it starts out with this picture perfect family, kind of like, you know, American Beauty, like the picture perfect oh, family on the everything, surface. Everything kind of falls apart and then they kind of just accept all their flaws at the end. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Sorry, everybody. But it, it was the, the actress who played, um, the mother, uh, I have her, I have the playbill right here, Heidi Blickenstaff. I want her name to be sung through the internet. She was unbelievably good. Okay, she fucking killed it. It was so great. And it, the, the first act, I was kind of like, okay, and then the second act was like, just you know, punched you in the face. So oh. if you're anybody out there that's in a town where Jagged Little Pill is touring. Uh, spend the money, go see it. It's it's a good time. Hmm. Okay. I have to admit just being the, like, I was vaguely aware that that album existed. Yeah. Cause like when I was walking through a place where today's alternative hits were playing, it was playing. Yeah. On the, you know, that's kind of my association right. with it. So I thought, well, cool. They turned it into a Broadway thing. So I'm glad to hear that it's good. Yeah, it is good. It's, you know, I I think that uh, the idea was sort of uh, birthed out of, you know, Green Day's American Idiot musical, which was a huge hit. And they're like, well, maybe we can turn this into a thing. And they did. And it was it was really good. It was, you know, it wasn't it's like a jukebox musical, you know, like it's, you know, hit music being sort of inserted into a story. But right oh okay. was, that's a good term so there's some holes you know like it's right. not like it wasn't it was like trying they had to, to come up with a plot to fit the songs yes and then some of it was very clever some of it i thought didn't really stick to me but 
the uh, the overall experience was worth it. You know, like mm-hmm. the overall experience was really cool to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was good. It was a good time. Yeah, I I think that yeah, I was curious when I were walking away. I'm like, I've I've spent more time in the last year seeing theater, whether it's local theater and touring theater than I have in years past. And it, it, it's nice. It's nice to like be an audience member. It's yes. It's very nice to be an audience member. It's, uh, when you're in the, when you're in the throes of making and producing theater at the college level, I think it's sometimes can get a little like, do I love this? Do I like this even? Right. You know, like uh-huh. it's, it's not that I don't, but I, you know, but yeah. So it was nice to kind of have that, those little boosts every once in a while to see stuff. I need to do more of that. I think, I think if in, in line with the name of our show here, like trying to be better, I think I can be a better theater goer and appreciator. Cause I think it actually inspires helps like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a rehearsal this after I'm doing a stage reading. Um, for the Angels Theater Company of a new play. Oh, really? Yeah, we have our first rehearsal this afternoon, so I'm pretty stoked on that. This is news to me. I didn't realize you were working with them again. Yeah, it, it kind of happened, and then we scheduled some stuff, and then the show happened at work, so it was like I didn't really think... I didn't really know if it was going to happen or not, but it is going to happen. Um, Can you talk about it? Yeah, it still- it's... Uh, so it's... I don't know. I should... I mean, I can. Do I know? Do you know what do you're I, talking about yet? Do I know what I'm talking about? Is the real question. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a new play called Seeking Nietzsche um, about Friedrich Nietzsche, the uh-huh. uh, what is he German philosopher? Um, it's a new play. It's it you know it's uh it's by the Angels. It's put on by the Angels Theater Company. I don't have the playwright's name off the top of my head. But it's it's a it's a new play and it's a staged reading, so it's not going to be like a full production. But we're going to have a few rehearsals to sort of read through it. And it's you know I love being a part of stage readings and new plays because there's not this emphasis of uh, it's going to be fully produced. They're just doing this to kind of get the playwright to hear it and they'll change it and stuff like oh. that. So it's like it's being a part you know being a part of something coming together you know so that's um, cool yeah we're gonna have a i should pull up the time here we're gonna they're gonna have oh boy i'm not prepared at all as you can tell as soon as you said nietzsche i immediately heard the monty python nietzsche was a philosopher (laughs) what's that for is that from meaning of life meaning of life where the middle-aged couple is getting the conversation cards um, Seeking Nietzsche by Marsha Epic Harris. Um, we're going to be reading this on Sunday, May 7th at uh, 2 p.m. at uh, the Turbine Flats. So, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be good. We're going to have a couple of rehearsals and then we'll read it for the public. It'll be great. But nice. it's nice. It's like. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, it is interesting. I, I wouldn't uh, mind going to that. I like yeah, things. I'll try to like share it stuff. out there to the people. But, um, yeah. you know, you got to do those little things to kind of keep the, the juices flowing, the juices flowing, the heart beating, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's yeah. cool. You're out. Uh, you're doing the art thing. I'm going to do some local theater again. And plus, this is the. Um, I should have. We should have Timothy Scholl on the director, Timothy Scholl, who directed me in um, the uh, uh, Bonhoeffer play a year ago. Yes, is directing Which again this. was he, amazing. Yeah, um, I'm slowly, slowly, slowly chewing through a biography of him. Did I tell you that? Yeah, I think you mentioned it before. It's huge. It's very thick, and it's very. It's a thick book, and it's very dense reading. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's Timothy Scholl's directing it, and. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I guess, I don't know, maybe this sounds shitty, but it's kind of like when you're, when you're, when your primary work is making theater and then you're like, somebody asks you to do more of it. You're kind of like, do I, is it worth, do I want to make, invest that time? Is it going to be, but when this guy asks me to do something, I'm like, get excited. Yeah, he's just a really mm-hmm. great and Angels is doing great stuff and and Tim Tim Scholl is is a really great person to work with and so it's like as an actor you're like oh that'll be that'll be a delight. Right. You know, like that'll be and time well spent. He's at. That falls yeah. that's the cat that's like if it's not a hell yes it's a no. Yeah. Ooh. There's a philosophical bomb right, right. there. Yeah. yeah. Like if it doesn't make you go oh fuck yeah I want to do that then i mean some things you kind of have to like grocery shopping yeah, yeah. there's or, the shoveling shit part of life yeah right exactly sometimes you chop wood carry water yeah spend a lot of time doing that and you know hopefully you know as we get older and smarter you can find well a find some joy in chopping wood and carrying water carrying mm-hmm. water and b have to do less of that yeah and get to do more of the things that you actually want to do. And not everybody's in that position. And I appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. I've certainly been in that position. Yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to work with, and I think I mentioned this last week, but it's been, it's come to fruition this week of like, if it's, if it's not a, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, but if it's not a hell yes, it doesn't have to be a fuck ever fuck all you people. No, right. It can just be a right. It can just be a like, nah, I don't think so, but thanks. Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah. That's the balance mm-hmm. I don't have. I think right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and where does that come from? Does that come from fear? It, it Absolutely. I was sitting in this yeah. very chair with my therapist. Like, I don't want to do that. So then I have to make you people bad. Yeah. Because I'm realizing that I have a lot of, toxic people pleasing tendencies you know now don't stop right there well why folks, you asked it's been a great podcast and uh <laughs> this is what, what we do man i know i just don't want to talk about it oh i hey if you're not ready to go there that's fine it's fine I, it's fine joel i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a grown man i can take it i just I am having I am having a really interesting realization the last couple of weeks of like I need to um I need to see clearly how my my people pleasing and silencing my own healthy boundaries and nose um have then later on put me in a position to be resentful and miserable miserable. Yeah, that's the worst. 
you know it's like Mm -hmm. um and so i'm i'm reconciling some of that and some of it is bringing out like you try to have boundaries after you've already you know missed the deadline of saying no to something it's like there that's where the whole like screw you people that's where i feel like i have to be you you've said yes and then you you're turning to turn the corner from that conversation and go wait a minute i don't want to do that exactly yeah you know like you you miss the exit and i'm realizing like i could have said yes and this these are my parameters or yes but i can't really do this or i need i need some i need some assistance with this or I need some clarification it's like you get wait you 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 miss that deadline entirely to say that and then what i'm realizing is that you know i put myself in a position where my defense mechanism says i have to be a jerk because i can't say no to this now you know and that's not that's not healthy you know what i mean no and also it's not necessary yeah it's just and it makes me feel mm, conflicted all the time i'm being vexed for a reason you know I what I mean, though? I appreciate that feeling conflicted all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it I kind of did this to myself. Right. And it, 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 here's the thing, like, anybody around you in those scenarios can be upset or not acting appropriately or whatever. That's none of my business. What my business is, is like, okay, what did I learn from this? What am I, how do I handle the need to people please in the future without so i don't put myself in a position where i'm feeling trampled on later you know yeah so that's that's funny i mean that's like it's uh communication is key yeah and it sometimes it's hard sometimes okay all the time it's fucking hard it's like, hard, for but me, even it's... just to be able to say, like somebody proposes project X mm-hmm. and I think, well, that's interesting. I have a lot going on right now, but I do, I mean, that doesn't seem entirely, that seems like something maybe yes, but here's, here are my, here are the problem. Things are going to be a problem for me with that. And you yeah. list, you know, ABC. And if they say, oh, we can totally work around that, not a big deal. And then mm-hmm. you can say, oh, cool. Well, I'm in. And if they mm-hmm. say, well, B and C are kind of showstoppers for us. And you say, well, thanks for asking me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's, it. that's the vibe I need to bring into the next situation. It's mm-hmm. like, and that's what I'm learning is that, uh, I needed to state concerns about whatever early on, and it would have been helpful to everyone involved instead of right right now where I'm feeling like I got a case of the fuckets and everybody's requests feel like unreasonable demands when they're really not. Ooh. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. They're just requests. they're not they're just requests but because mm-hmm. i because i denied myself because i betrayed myself or didn't speak up ooh you know what i mean like yes, that's yes i do 100% you know what i'm saying you know I, what i'm saying intimately <laughs> intimately <laughs> excruciatingly yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah so Ugh. 
That's fucking, it's just like, dude, can I ever, can we just be a fully functional human being someday? <laughs> can I just like, have progress, not perfection, my friend? Can I just have the, 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 the shitty tools that I have right now? Can they just be enough? Do I still have to learn new That's, tools all the time? This came up in conversation with my kids the other day. I used to work with a guy <laughs> who made the comment. He said, I don't really like people. So, but I, I seem to get along with them okay. And I said, well, that's funny because I kind of like people, but I have a very hard time getting along with them. And he said, wow, between the two of us, we're almost one functional human being. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, it's like, I just, you know, the, uh, the lessons we, we have to learn until we learn them are sometimes like, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but here we go. Like, you know, there's some things recently where I had to kind of stand up for myself in a, right. in a metaphorical mm-hmm. way. Like I got to stand up for my time and boundaries and I was trying to do it in a healthy way, but, uh, I hurt my back literally standing <laughs> up from a chair <laughs> this week. Right. So I'm laughing li- with you. Not I know. you. With I you. literally stood up in a chair <laughs> In an environment where I was standing up for myself with some other people, <laughs> right? And I was talking to Kirsten about this, and she, oh she's, you know, she's talked a little bit about this, like, you know, hey, the her, body stores the feelings. That's what I'm saying, and, and like that sounds. I'm kind of a believer in that now because I'm like, it is too perfect mm-hmm. that in this scenario, in the in the in the cauldron of of me standing up for myself, I stood up and pinched my back. And my body is saying, hey, listen, like, uh, you know, that's like a scene straight out of the office or something. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like too perfect. So I'm connecting the dots. And it what happened was it was like. I had I had to speak some truth and then I felt great about it. And then the next day I was in this a, a similar scenario and I stood up out of a chair and hurt myself. And it was like my body said, hey, man this is scary to do slow down, take right. care of yourself, you know, like, um, or my body was trying on a somatic level to, Oh no, there's danger. If we stand up for ourselves, like in having to like be compassionate to the experience externally and the experience internally is a whole new paradigm for me. You just made me tired again. <laughs> he fell asleep. <laughs> Well, I didn't fall asleep, but I'm like, oh boy, I, yeah. Ugh. And this I is just, what I'm saying. I'm like, why? Why can't I just coast, man? Hey, that's why you know, I, if you're not, what is it? If you're not growing, you're going. Yeah. That's. I was in a like a sales demo meeting for, at my work the other day, and uh, I was kind of interested in this product, and but I thought I wanted to get a couple of the other departments involved because I thought. I really needed their input to see if this was even going to be valuable, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we've been through, it's a long story. The short version, we went through this conversion. It was a shit show. We're a year and a half later. We're still dealing with it. And, um, it's not going great. And, mm-hmm. uh, and this product that I was evaluating, there was a, a widget that might integrate with our big, the main product. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I wanted to, to see kind of what that could, and the, the guy, like the tech sales demo guy, 
he just started throwing it like the way I would have started that that call would be like, okay, um, what are some needs that you guys have that are kind of centered around what our product does? Like, how do you see based on the limited amount of information you have, like what are problems that we could solve for you? Right. And they could start saying, well, we have this and this and this instead what he launched right into is we have a thousand configurable fields and you can make this do anything you want it to do. Use your imagination and see what, and we didn't even know what it was like. What? <laughs> And uh, I mean, I was so disappointed because I could just tell the, it was over Zoom and I could just mm -hmm. tell the complete lack of I mean, we're all so burned out of configurable fields. We don't give a fuck. You could have 20,000 configurable fields and it'll just make us hate your product more. Yeah. Don't yeah. tell us about all the all the ways you can configure the thing. Don't care. That conversation made me exhausted. Yeah. Because I had to say things like, look, can we stop talking about the other big product because that's not really what like we're so i at one point i said look we've been dealing with broken workflows pretty much constantly for the last year and a half we're very tired of workflows mm. don't tell us talk to us about we can make more workflows because we don't care i actually i said that quote yeah yeah we don't care how many workflows you can make we want to know how this can solve our problems <laughs> right we don't need more workflows we don't I mean, even if even if the solution is more workflows, just saying that we can we can work with this other vendor that you already hate to, you know, and that, by the way, hasn't finished building their workflows that were supposed to be done a year and a half ago. So the idea of trying to get them to work with this other third party, I mean, like you're totally missing the. What keep I, the keep the main thing, the main thing here. Well, tell us how your thing can solve us, solve our problems. Yeah. Yeah. Not all the esoteric minutiae things that it technically has we want to i don't yeah. care what it has i want to know what it can do mm. there's a spiritual lesson in that right there is it you can get really you can see you can't see the forest for the trees or the sort of thing right yeah. like yeah. you you can't I mean, yeah. this guy literally just started flipping through all these screens with all these check boxes and drop down menus of configurable things and i'm like You've lost all of us after like 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't care. I want this call to be over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then I, and then just as a, whatever to wrap that thing up, I, uh, cause I had had a, a lengthy conversation with like basically a sales guy. Mm -hmm. And he was nice and I liked him. We had to talk for an hour, you know, so they's like, well, let's get your other people in and we'll get my guy in. And, and so I figured out that call, um, whatever he's, he's, he said, well, clearly this isn't really going to meet your needs, but maybe the core thing was, I'll send you a quote. And, uh, he sent me a quote and it was like, so infinitely much more money than I ever would have spent on it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I was just like, man, well, now I know. Yep. Yeah, it. it can really be. Yeah, I think how we, I, 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 I instigated that conversation about workflows because of getting too in the weeds about my body, mind, spiritual experience. Right. So, like, yeah, yeah. you can, you can. I mean, it, it is interesting to ponder that stuff, but I, I definitely can get distracted and exhausted from trying to figure out all that stuff. Like what you said. 
I don't need to know all the universal ramifications of what I'm experiencing. I kind of also need to come back down to earth and realize what is it going to help me do? Right. How, what What's the lesson that's right in front of me? Because mm. otherwise I'll just lay. Well, then we're back to mental well, masturbation. Exactly. I'll just lay on the floor staring at the ceiling. Like I, I'm not going to leave the house. Which that that's that seems like old behavior. Yes, that's very much old behavior. That's like right my sweet spot, man. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go go def- definitely go full on Howard Hughes, not leaving my house, peeing in bottles without his money. Right. Yeah. Repeating phrases over and over again, like mm-hmm. works if you work it. Works if you work it. Works if you work it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny. you got to get out there and make them you got to get out there and make a mess a little bit you got to go out there and try some shit i think that's the key that's what it all boils down to is like we're still you know i think i've said it before on the podcast one time when i was working for this large 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 construction company the mm-hmm. uh like the vice president of operations who was a formidable person um, right. Like he'd been running not just construction, like concrete construction crews, but people that run concrete construction, you know, like he was mm-hmm. kind of a rough and tumble guy that had, uh, you know, now had an executive position basically due to longevity and hard work, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so he could be a little crusty, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was just the new IT guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I remember one time I was in the bathroom, uh, and this guy came in and he's using the urinal next to me. And he, he how you doing, Robert? And I was like, he knows my name. And uh, <laughs> I said, and I, I weirdly was just like, ah, I'm chewing on this problem. I'm not, you know, like I feel like I'm just I'm working on this thing. It's not going very well. And he just went, only person doesn't make mistakes. Person not doing anything. Mm. Have a good day. And he left. And I was like. Nice. That was actually really nice. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. The only person that doesn't make mistakes is somebody not doing anything. And I thought, that's that's solid. That was solid. That is solid. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I, I, I chew on that like, yeah, you, uh, you know, trying to be better means going out there and fucking it up. It doesn't mean going out there and doing it perfect. Right. And I think that there's been part of my issue is like, for a lot of reasons, me not doing anything was doing a bunch of stuff thinking it was making other people happy. Wait, say that again. Me not doing anything was me out there trying to please other people in and trying to make them like me in certain areas and for certain reasons. By not doing things. By not doing what I felt was right. By denying... Do you know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. thing that I hear when you say that phrase, the thing that I should be doing is speaking, giving, giving my perspective mm-hmm. instead of just gritting, grinning and bearing it. Obviously there's some of that that needs to happen in a late capitalistic society where productivity is king, but that doesn't mean you can't. I, I, I think I was, I was kissing the wrong ring for a little bit. Oh, Wow. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was looking for validation from people that it didn't really matter. So I was kissing the wrong ring and realized like they, what, what certain 
collaborators really want is for you to actually have a take, have have a perspective. Yes. Well, those are you know the people I mean? you, those are the people you want to work with. Yeah. And so I, I realized I'd kind of had things skewed for a while and, and I'm kind of, I hit a boiling point where I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of done kissing the wrong ring here mm-hmm. and I need to not kiss any rings, but like take the right action, take a wise action that is not necessarily to make other people happy. It's like to be in the arena and in the mix. Yeah. And the phrase fully actualized is coming to my mind. I don't know if it's actually directly applicable, but that's to be a, to be a full human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still working on that one. And, and realizing that like when you kind of realize that and you kind of go towards some of those things and you step out into that kind of scary as, as a, as a nervously centered person, um people pleasing person you know like it's really scary to be like i don't i disagree with this way we're doing this or i i i don't i I don't see it this way or to kind of put yourself out on a limb means not everybody's gonna love that and people might not react to that and that's but that's okay yeah but yes it is okay but sometimes it doesn't feel okay and that's what i'm right well that's how you get you know, that's where um, there's kind of the difference between a group conscience and being a despot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Group conscience is people say, oh, you know, that's interesting. I hadn't looked at it that way. Maybe let's discuss that and we'll take another vote or whatever. You know, let's yeah, see if maybe yeah. that's. And then there's my way or the highway. It's either my way or your head, your choice. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start doing that and you're around people that are my way or the highway, it becomes painfully clear. But it also, it's like the the wizard in the Wizard of Oz, right? Mm. It's like, oh, there's nothing there. You pull back the curtain you're like, wait a minute, you don't have any clothes. Yeah. (laughs) You're I just realize pulling I just levers. stories, but you know, it's a lot of fire and brimstone and loud voice, but it's like, you don't really, yeah. okay, well, we're going to try to get back to Kansas. So you want to help or not? Right. <laughs> like the, the, right. the big show isn't helping us here. Right. Like, <clears throat> oh, you're, that's a lot of, that is a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. It's a lot of effort to get the same message across, you know, like you could lead one way you could lead that way or you could lead with your heart. But, uh, sounds like a lot of wasted resources to try to project the big head and fire and right. Anyway, well, life lessons with Joel and Steve. We're not authorities. No, we're not. (laughs) We're just bumbling along. Oh, Self-actualization in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is the highest level of psychological development where personal potential is fully realized after basic bodily and ego needs have been fulfilled. Ego needs? Yeah, I, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Those are never fulfilled. Wait, wait, wait. That's, I'm, I'm is, that, is, that where, is that where alcoholics and drug addicts kind of get stuck? We're like, I oh, I'm just going to sit here in the ego needs for a while and see if that works. Right, until I die. <laughs> just keep stuffing food in myself. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh huh. And sex and shopping and and booze, booze and, and rock and roll and laziness and yeah. Well, mm. wait a minute. <laughs> that doesn't seem all bad. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between like. I think there's a difference between apathy and rest. And I think in this country, oh. we, you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we've somehow vilified rest. Oh no. So here we go. So this is like, I'm looking now at like the hierarchy of needs represented by a pyramid, which is a little bit. So the baseline is physiological, like safe, like, like a uh, shelter, food, right. water, right. Shelter, food, water, safety, being mm-hmm. able to defend yourself from the woolly mammoth or whatever thing. Um, belonging and love is next. So mm-hmm. having a group and and the next one is esteem. That's a tough mm-hmm. one. That's a tough one. Next up is cognitive. Okay. Next one is as aesthetic. Oh. So having things, I guess I'd need to read a little bit more about that, but that's interesting. Um Safety. Oh, here we go. Aesthetic. I'm literally now just reading about this now. Um, aesthetic. After reaching one's cognitive needs, it would progress to aesthetic needs to beautify one's life. There we go. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's a luxury. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Humans must immerse themselves in nature's splendor while paying close attention to and observing the surroundings to extract the world's beauty. Hmm. So here we go. Thank you, artists. Thank you, art. Well, yeah, because like that's a that's a trip because mm-hmm. I literally work in the arts, but in my in between my ears, my fear and anxiety, like you mentioned, fear earlier, it it presents itself like these things are the woolly mammoth or the saber oh. tiger hiding in the grass, right? Like that right. these these interpersonal conflicts, which are a part of being alive, are so threatening that I can't mm. get to cognitive or aesthetic because I'm thinking that all of these things are mortal danger. Mm. I mean, that's, that's what anxiety tells me, right? Is right. that the thoughts, the, my stories about others, they are, my body reacts as if they're going to kill me, which is totally not true. So the bridge from that is like, what do you say? Like cognitive, like being able to rationalize and understand the stuff isn't true. Cog- cognitive is as I'm sitting here reading and not listening to you. Um, Thanks. Yeah, sure. Um, no, it's, it's just interesting. It says, uh, uh, <laughs> after esteem needs cognitive, after esteem needs, cognitive needs come next to the hierarchy of needs. That's a lot of needs. Um, people <laughs> have, have needs. cognitive needs such as creativity, foresight, curiosity, and meaning. Um, individuals who enjoy activities that require deliberation and brainstorming have a greater need for cognition. Individuals who are unmotivated to participate in the activity, on the other hand, have a low de- low demand for cognitive abilities. Fair. Mm. I like mm. you says from an educational viewpoint, Maslow wanted humans to have an intrinsic motivation to become educated people. Yeah. And that's really interesting if you look at it on a larger, wider scale where like the uh, anti-intellectualism mm-hmm. happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, you want to learn stuff? That whole Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a strategic desire to thwart education and curiosity and critical thinking. 100%. Because if people have that, then they can start 
I don't know, wanting things like beauty and joy and peace and not right. oppression and war. That's exactly and right. Yeah. Racism people will want and things bigotry. like beauty and joy and peace instead of harmony. Instead of yeah, instead of wanting to hurt them. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta cut off the education bit as much as we can because if people yes. get too educated, they're gonna want their world to be more beautiful. <laughs> literally. What the fuck. Yeah, that's actually literally correct. Yeah. And if people want the world to be more beautiful, then they're going to say things like, hey, maybe stop destroying the planet for profit. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe those, maybe that group of people deserves to exist. No. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That mm-hmm. is, that definitely tracks. Well, and I feel like, so this is actually really interesting because if you track it back to like, safety needs which is love like if you start saying they're coming after your safety needs yeah wow that hits deep psychologically they're coming after your safety needs so it put so it's a strategic psychological warfare of 100 manipulating anyone into believing that their basic safety needs are at risk Yes. And if you do that, then you then you thwart somebody from actually progressing. Yes. You keep and them being stunned. curious. You keep and, them in this state of not being curious and just being angry at them. Wow. So I'm having a bit of a trip here with my own current experience. I am I I am internalizing that fear within and being a ruthless dictator to my own life by keeping myself in this state of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And so if I, if I can, if I can free myself from that shit, then I can point it out in the world, but I can't point it out in the world until I liberate myself within. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. We've talked about that before, actually. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Forgot all about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've been doing this a while now, so yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, decapitate your mind. Yeah, I can't remember what that one was called. There was there was another one too that was. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now. But I just, I mean, what I what I see is like, I can I can say that like, you know, corporate media or politicians or shitty, you know, fascist you know, groups are trying to do this to others, but not see that I'm doing it to myself. Right. Like there is, there is a ruthless dictator that is trying to keep my experience afraid and sick and stuck so that the world looks gnarly. And I can't, and that's why, that's why like being joyful is an indication of a radical act in a, dystopian experience oh i agree with that 100 percent. you know what i mean i think that's why i think that's why not to make it about the dead again but i think that's why i I thought of that too they make turn so many people off is because deadheads are so gleeful about their love for the grateful dead right (laughs) and it just bugs the shit out of people how (laughs) dare they yeah (laughs) they look like idiots they're so happy exactly yeah Uh (laughs) oh wow exactly yeah, all these people just dancing around and being dancers and having a good time. Yeah. Like, you look like idiots. Fine. 
Those we people should care. get a job. Those people should work more. Those people should get a job, right? Actually, we work really hard. Yeah, th- those people should work hard so that they can be miserable like me, because that's what it, life is that's for. That's exactly correct, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah, they yeah. should be miserable like me. How dare they? How fucking dare they? Right, yeah. I I shared this thing on uh, Facebook, and because inst- it was just kind of really something that spoke to my whatever anti-capitalist affirmations. Oh yeah. I saw that. That's funny. You ready for, I'm going to share this with the world. Yeah, go anti-capitalist affirmations. I am allowed to spend my time creating things, even if they are not beautiful. There is no such thing as a real job. All forms of work are real and valid. There is nothing that I need to accomplish to be worthy. I am already worthy. Doing nothing is good for my soul. I am not defined by what I produce. My worth cannot be measured by my paycheck, my job title, or a list of professional or academic achievements. I do not need to monetize my hobbies. It is enough to spend time doing something I love. I will not let society decide what success looks like. I can define what successful life looks like for me. Yeah. You know? Now up against the wall. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, it's hard. I mean, somebody chimed in on that thread, though, and was like, I would argue the only way that someone can enjoy those is in a capitalistic society. And I was like, okay, man. Okay. I mean, but that's why they're anti-capitalist. Because you can't, you can't be, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that, but there is. There is something radical about peace and joy and rest and doing things just for the sake of enjoying them instead of needing to monetize them or feeling guilty about rest or enjoyment or creativity because you should be monetizing your time. Yes. All the time. That's why it's kind of nice that we've never really tried to monetize this. Deal. We've, we've, right. we've discussed Joke about it. it. Yeah. But like, then it'd become work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck work. <laughs> I'm not anti-work. I'm not. I anti-work. like working. I. But I like working on things that are, you know, meaningful to me. Right. And that I think are good for the larger picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that I just haven't felt the power to create that environment. I mean, I have in mm. certain ways for sure, but I realize that I, I can do better to lead with that, with that attitude of like what I have to contribute in the places that I'm at, the spaces that I'm at, whether that's in communities or recovery or at home, family work, what I have to contribute is valid. You know, yes. Like, and what what I've been hearing you say for the last, I don't know, a couple three weeks. I think what's happening, and I'm saying this is your friend now, is that um, what I'm seeing is you, um, like reaching another level of existence. Like you're hmm. really kind of starting. You're going through this birthing process hmm. of, um, well, becoming more self actualized as a leader. You know, just becoming yeah, a better yeah. leader and, and yeah. um, because you're starting to affect change 
around you and that's uncomfortable but it's also i see you doing it in a way that's appropriate and um probably effective and that that's going to um it, you're going about it in a way different than taking your ball and going home yeah you're which ha- you're having difficult conversations which is part of leadership um and i struggle with that area but i mean that's really what when it comes down to like that's a large part of leadership is can you have a difficult conversation in a constructive fashion? Mm. That's, yep. I mean, that's a large part of it. And that can be, you know, at a secret meeting, business meeting, or it can be with the CEO of a company. It can be, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause we know the people at meetings that are business meetings that spout and bluster and waste people's time grinding some axe that's 20 years old you know just like god this <laughs> shut up yeah this is getting us this gets us nowhere gets us nowhere it's yeah. it's a it's a clear indication of somebody trying to hold on to what they feel is the only way to do it right but anyway i back thank you for saying that i appreciate your reflection man because like yeah you you know me longer than this thing you know yeah 100 but i mean like that's I, really like that i, I kind of had that feeling i don't remember i don't remember the specific conversation i was like after we hung up or whatever i thought it's really there's some growing going on there yeah and it feels like it feels like pain in my back when i stand up <laughs> yeah that's growth that's growing you know? pains. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i definitely feel that because there is the trauma response of, yeah, I'm going to take my ball and go home because this is too scary to try to do something about, but I couldn't do that. You know, right. like, like, Oh, well grow or go. Like you said, grow or go. Yeah. Let it grow. Well, that's, that's exactly right. Right. Yeah. Right. I am. I am. Right. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's intense to... stuff. Huh, isn't it? Yeah. There it mm-hmm. is. We're not quite the angels dancing on a pin level yet, but you know, <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere, right? Far out, far out. Uh, what I else is going it. on? I think we did it. I think we did it. Yeah. Nothing. I'm going to take another nap. I think, I think what I might do is lay on the couch mm. and watch. Oh, uh, Babylon Berlin on Netflix. There you go. Have you, have you watched I've that? I've heard of you this. Know what that is. Yeah, it's very good. I like it a lot. It's very good. Watch it uh, in German with subtitles. Don't yeah. watch the English dub because it's awful. It turns a really great show into something awful. Yeah, my my colleague a few years ago told me to watch that, and I started it, but I mm-hmm. didn't really follow through. It with takes it. a minute to get into it, but it's it's intense. It's yeah. very well done. I, it's kind of, um, I mean, at first I thought like, oh, this is just them trying to recreate Peaky Blinders. Right. Just kind of because it's that time period kind of. Yeah. But it's way more nuanced. It's less violent. It's better written. Um, It's it's kind of like the sort of the the beginnings of the the third state. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You start like it starts. um like this, that's just kind of blowing through the breeze a little bit. And I just started the third season and that's getting a little more uh, upfront. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's not really even the focus of the show necessarily Right. a little bit. And it probably will be in this third season a little bit more, but um, yeah, it's really, it's, I mean, it's not exactly the feel good hit of the summer, but it's, it's 
definitely worth watching. And oh my God, Ted Lasso. Dude. I just can't even with that show because it's so amazingly wonderful and delightful. So great. And I love all of them. I do too. It's such a, it's like wholesome, good content. It's wholesome, good content. It's good, clean fun. Like actually not, not even saying that facetiously or sarcastically. Yeah. It's just genuinely delightful. Yeah. (laughs) That's so weird. Another show like that, that Kirsten and I are fully steeped in is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Have you ever watched that? I started it and then I dropped off. Should I go back in? You should go back. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's in its last season right now, but it is uh-huh. just, I mean, the production value alone is worth it, but the sort uh-huh. of the theatricality of everything. Okay. Um, Rachel Brosnan is great in it. Um, Tony Shalhoub. to Pierce Brosnan? Uh, maybe. I I didn't even think that. Okay. Um, but Tony, Tony Shalhoub plays He's her great. father. He is captivating. He's just amazing to watch. Okay. All right, I got to good. I got to perform in front of him once, and he said really? good things about my comedic performance. Yeah, he came to a he came to a production of Much Ado About Nothing. I played Dogberry, and he thought I he said that he's like really great comedic stuff. I'll never forget what he said. He's like great comedic stuff. I was like Tony Shalhoub <laughs> thought I was funny. <laughs> That's validation. That's yeah, real. yeah, man. So t- marvelous, Mrs. Maisel. Here's okay. it's just beautiful. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go to a rehearsal. I'm going to go to a stage reading rehearsal, man. I'm stuck yeah, on that. Hit me up with the deets on the reading because I might like to check that out. And I think today, maybe if I venture out, it's going to be to go to the Elder Gallery. Oh, yeah. I wish that this was going to come out before you know 1 p.m. today, but it's not. Right. Uh, but big ups to Dave Gracie and uh, the Elder Gallery at Nebraska Westland. It's a really so they, cool space, and he does a fantastic job sort of curating that. Yep, and this is the senior thesis exhibit, so mm-hmm. I think that's worth checking out. For sure. Definitely go Let's check see. out. Check out all the art in your area. Go see go see Steve's band. Come see my stage reading of the Nietzsche play. Nietzsche. Nietzsche. I don't Nietzsche. Know. Nietzsche. 2 p.m. May 7th. Nietzsche was a philosopher. Sorry. Uh, May 7th. At Turbine Flats at 2 p.m. Toot your hooter. Toot your it all, hooter. It all comes back to that. Yeah, Toot really. your damn hooter. Toot your damn hooter. Let your freak flag fly. Dude, that's always a scary phrase for me to say because I know I'm going to botch it and say something horrible. So I'm glad you took the mantle on that. I do what I can. <laughs> Let it grow, ah! baby. Let it grow. All right, man. Love you. Love you, too. Morning clouds, she follows the path to the river shore. the song, the song is the latch on the morning star. See the sun, sparkle in the reeds, silver peace, fast to the sea. She comes.
Don't forget, toot your hooter.